Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue, or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. Along with Coach Evan, we started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. So this past week, we uploaded two question and answer videos that came through. Well, the questions came through and we uploaded the answers. <laughs> One of them was from Matt about paddling fitness. I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but I was telling Coach Ev about a killer swell we just had. Matt's question was about that very swell in his paddling fitness. And then we uploaded one more from Genevieve about duck diving. So members, make sure you're logging in to watch those two videos. And if you're not a member, well, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Much appreciated, fam. Let's get to our episode. All right, so this, this episode kind of inspired when somebody wrote an email. And in fact, you know what? Let me pull that up. I think I have it right here. Um, basically, someone wrote an email about just picking out a beginner board and they classic, you know, story. They go into the surf shop and surf shop guy tells them, here, here's the board you want. But she had already been a listener of KootCast and kind of had a clue that maybe that's not necessarily uh, what she wanted. So she just wrote a quick email. And as I was writing my answer, I was like, you know what? This is a podcast episode. And I think we've kind of touched upon this before or even tried to, to record it, but you know how things evolve in our heads, the way you know time goes on and we just have a, a new approach and perspective on the same thing. Not necessarily a new answer, but a new way of explaining it. But um, So this person just wrote that you know they've been interested in getting themselves aboard. They've been kind of been working on their little boogie and, and getting going on the, you know, on the inside and doing their thing and went into a surf shop and the owner tried to convince me to buy an 8.6 beginner board. I'm 5'5 and 119 pounds. I thought I should go for a 7-footer. And I like this. She goes, I know Coach Evan and you don't stress on the board too much. It's the wizard, not the wand. But I just wanted to hear your opinion. <laughs> and I just, you know, I started thinking to myself, like, yeah, there's a, this, this is a packaged, you know, question. There's a lot to it. And the first thing that stood out to me was just, Describing a surfboard in just its length only. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. You know, first, you know, beginners are usually recommended giant boards so that they can just stay on the thing, you know, and not just like right. go flailing and falling off, and then they and then they can actually get that feeling of of paddling. But again, it just depends on where your expectations are, and you know, knowing that if you're a total beginner to surf. To surfing that you're not going to get it in one day and that you should just plan on it being a, a, a long uh, joyous journey um, but it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of time and you're gonna be much better off going with something that's more suited to your your body type and 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 fitness level and all these things that come in hand 
And so coach is going to kind of break down the, the, the volume and the length and a little more depth because, you know, a seven foot board can be all different shapes and sizes and pack all sorts of different uh, volumes and buoyancies. Yeah, right. So I, I guess, you know, so we talk about volume. Volume it describes is kind of hand in hand with buoyancy. Um, but before I get there, I just, I'm thinking like, you know, basically thinking out loud, like an 8'6 sounds really big for someone who's 5'5". Five, five. Mm -hmm. You know, never mind the volume discussion for a moment. Just the length. 8'6 is pretty large. And the reason why we always talk about what size a beginner board should be for, you know, uh, a person starting off, why it should be as small as possible is because one of the jobs that, that you have as a, a surfer, beginner or not, is to control your board. And the bigger the board gets, the harder it is to control. And while you'll learn how to control a bigger board, sure, eventually over time, what does that mean is happening in the meantime? You know, you're not controlling it. You're losing it. You're letting go of it. It's potentially hitting you or other people. It's just pulling you all around the lineup and it's kind of distracting from what you really should be learning, which is how to paddle, how to hang on to your board through waves, how to be in control of your board. That's like basically one of the beginner things that we're, we're teaching our students. Uh, one of the most fundamental aspects of your journey in the beginning is, is control. And even in the more advanced ways, you know, is, is just still really comes back to the topic of control. Mm -hmm. So that's the most important thing. If you struggle with your paddling, if you struggle with, or you're getting whitewaters and you struggle with getting up because you can't balance, that's okay. What's not okay is to be out there on a board you can paddle easily and stand up easily on, but every time a whitewater comes, it's ripped out of your hands and anybody who's near you is like, whoa, watch out for that person. Yeah. So there's, that's like the beginning, like the foundation of how I want people to be thinking about their first surfboard. Like when you're in the shop and you pick it up and you hold it, what do the rails feel like in your hand? Are you barely wrapping your fingers around it? Are you able to get your arm around it? You know, and it doesn't mean you have to be able to get your arm around and hold the board under your arm, but how far is it from being under your arm? Mm -hmm. Is it just obscene? Is it, you know, like you're gonna have an instinct about this. It's not gonna be perfect, but if it's obscenely big, you will recognize that, I feel confident in. Right. And, and that's where you just wanna think like, well, if just a little wind, if I go outside and there's a little wind and I, can I hold on to this board? Right. When I'm pulling it off the roof and pulling it out, is it gonna get ripped right out of my hands and I can't control it because it's too big? That's like, these are the questions, you know, we wanna discuss. And so then now going into the volume uh, topic, you can go smaller and still find ways to pack the volume in. Length is not the only way to give yourself more volume. Width and thickness are probably, arguably in my opinion, I'll let the board builder talk about this in a second, but in my opinion, more important to the stability of the board. You know, like you could have an 11 foot glider and still have this tippy, as I've heard it described, feeling, you know, yeah. where it's like still hard to find that center point where you feel balanced and stable. So, and, 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 and conversely, length is one of the aspects of a board that make it harder to control. So yeah. actually, I'm a big fan of basically the shortest board you can possibly feel good on, you know? Um, anyway, board builder, take it out of hands for me right now because I'm, I don't want to get too carried away and get ahead of myself. 
Yeah, well, when when you describe the board options that you have here, the eight, six, and then you're thinking you can go seven, maybe somewhere right in, in between there, you know, like coach kind of threw out some, some dimensions, like it's basically dimensions of a wave storm. You know, mm-hmm. it's eight foot, it's like 22 inches wide, and it's three inches thick. So again, like you can pack in way more volume by giving yourself a plane shape or an outline that displaces more water with that fuller nose and a fuller tail. Um, and then also the thickness, that's kind of where, that's where the wave storms are difficult to control is because the volume goes all the way out to the rails. They're hard to grip onto and hold onto and they're really hard to set a rail on because the rail is so big and bulky and square. Um, but they end up being a really good Thing to try because they're all they're they're everywhere you can get on one they're the one thing i also like if they're not all old and beat up and waterlogged is they're pretty light you know mm. they're made out of eps they have stringers but they don't have any real solid hard component on the outside so they're pretty safe um and they're pretty light so they're they're kind of they're they're a good thing a good starting point you know if you're like right but they also pack this incredible amount of volume into an eight foot package there. So, so you, you know, if you're, if you're struggling on a eight foot, um, wave storm, then there's usually some other things that need to come into play. Like this, another point that we have is just like some, some people are more naturally able to find that balance and find that center and, and naturally find where you need to be in order to kind of move through the water and and hold yourself there whereas some people it i mean it's given paddling a surfboard is kind of difficult you know is is very difficult let's say um and some people are going to struggle with it for a lot longer than others you know and um so that's kind of something you just got to be honest with yourself most people need to focus on their paddling a lot more than they do and then it'll then it'll become a a thing that's a a strength in in your practice and not something that's hindering you from doing all this other stuff like trying new boards you know and really figuring out where that happy medium is for you yeah i really like that advice is you know, we don't really like wave storms. I have to just say that, but <laughs> I do like the neutral ground. They, they like the starting point they create and, and you nailed it because they're everywhere. Like you could literally go to the beach and like walk up to a stranger and be like, Hey, can I borrow your wave storm really quick? You <laughs> yeah. know, like, and, and chances are they're not going to be too attached to the thing. I think they cost like 80 bucks. So you get what you pay for, but, um, you know, the dimensions are a great, like, starting point for you to work from. Um, and, and I just feel like, you know, if it's... Basically, I don't think you should go much bigger than a wave storm, much more volume, because they are so voluminous. voluminous. I, I think, though, that you can kind of determine how much smaller you can go from a wave storm. Mm-hmm. Like, if a wave storm is so easy, you are just gliding around, paddling great, then you truly are that petite little person you sound like, 
you are, you know, and, and you really don't need a Wavestorm. You need less than that. Maybe a 7.6 with similar dimensions. Right. Uh, maybe shave a half inch off of each one or something like that, you know. And this is, this is part of the journey of surfing is, you know, discovering your board. Get something that you think will be right for you based off of something else you tried and then keep working off of that. Like, you know, Coach Jeff knows me. My every board that I order from him is always just a little tweaked off my previous board. Mm -hmm. I rarely am just like, okay, we're going all the way a different direction. Right. And if it is, that board is based off of a previous board I had. I, I'm like, in my mind, I'm, I'm, it's an evolution. It's, it's like something you're working towards, trying to discover what truly works for you, where that volume placement needs to be to achieve a certain feeling. And for a beginner, it's, it's you know, that, abil that paddling uh, question and being able to, to eventually do it, you know, really well, but not so immediately. Like, don't look for a board that lets you paddle today, right now, great. If you do that on your Wavestorm, you can afford to shrink it down, have an easier time with controlling the board, you know, be able to do all these skills you need to do that are a lot harder to learn. And over time, you'll also learn how to paddle it and stand up on it too. Um, yeah. And then, oh, 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 but one other thing I wanted to say is just the natural balance that you talked about is such a valid point because we've worked with people who I've been shocked when they get on a smaller board, you know, like I'm nervous because they've been riding a nine foot with us, like a log kind of style board. And then they get on like a eight footer or something. I'm like, holy cow, this is a huge jump down. And they're, it's great. It actually benefits them. Much better. There's people who have been on boards that I think are obscenely huge and just keep flopping off one side or the other. It's basically just shown me as a as a instructor, as a person who teaches, that the natural balance that someone has while laying down, you know, on a floating medium, now we're in the water, we're not just laying down on the floor, but we're trying to engage our core, shrink our our like our point of pressure where, you know, by engaging the core and on the water that's really hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to balance. And some people just naturally kind of can figure it out. Their spines are straight, their hips are straight, and other people have these weird little nuances about their body. Like every time they lay down, their hips are a little right and their spine kind of goes off to the left ever so subtly, but they, don't even, they feel straight. And when I straighten them, they say they feel crooked. Like this has literally happened to me in sessions more right. than once. And it's just like, wow, that's, that's the kind of stuff like your chiropractor talks to you about. Like, oh, do you sit with your right leg over your left leg all the time? Do you, do you, you sleep like this? You know, the ways that we do our, like live our life kind of build in these. Twists. Uh, twists, yeah. And, and just little quirks and little things into your body. And it, it shows when you're trying to balance on a board that requires you to be centered, aligned, and, and focused in the core. So... This is all to say the way you, you find your beginner board in my mind is don't just buy a board that the surf shop owner recommends, you know, because it's probably just going to be huge. They just want you to come back happy like, yeah, I got on it. I could paddle and I could stand right away. They don't care if you can control the board. They're not there to watch you and cringe at, at your board nearly missing everybody that, you know, that it almost hits when it whenever it leaves your hands. Um, find the board that that is going to be a little of a challenge to paddle, but you can control it. That's the goal. That's the takeaway. That's yeah. what I want to finish with saying. You want to feel good about your control. You feel successful as a surfer, as a beginner surfer, especially when you come out of the water and you go, this board didn't get out of my hands once. Every wave that came through, I held onto it. 
Every turtle I did, I could grab the rails fully and hang on. Every time I got caught a little bit awkwardly, I still was able to just cling to it and keep it under my control. That's successful. And all the while in between that you're controlling it, you're working on your paddling technique. You're working on perfect position, perfect form, getting that glide, tapping that feeling of just like sleek, uh, you know, just effortlessly gliding across the top of the water. That's it. You know, and, and there's some great there's some great places to go, you know, board wise from like a, a wave storm down to like this is the day and age of really good soft tops, you know, like soft tops that are basically a, a hard epoxy proper board with with a great rocker and great rails and bottom contours and great fins and all the stuff and then wrapped in some some foam. You know, so mm -hmm. that you, when you do come in contact with it, you're not getting opened up. Um, so like, you know, certain companies that pop, pop up is Surf Tech has paired up with like Takayama surfboards and Stewart. We've seen some really nice thin railed, um, nicely foiled boards in soft top construction that, that are really well done. The Crime boards also are pretty damn good. Um, and there's, there's multiple other companies. So, to, you know, I would say basically stick with the, with the foam boards, a high end soft top until you got your control down and basically you have it, you have it all going on there. Like it's, it's pretty easy for you to go out and go through your, your basic fundamentals. And then you can say, okay, now I'm ready for a hard fiberglass board. That's even like coach said like even whittled down just a little bit more refined and see the difference even between a board that has these beautiful, you know, perfectly glassed and, and sanded rails versus a, a soft top rail that kind of drags through the water just a tiny bit. Just, just that difference is going to be huge. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's it right there, folks. So, and you know, that was like kind of the inspiration behind KookCast is like, how do we tell these people out there in the world that aren't our students, but we have to be around because they share the lineup with us, that what they're doing is dangerous, that they're not learning how to surf. They're just riding waves. Right. You know, like that's a key difference for me as an educator is like just riding waves, you're not learning how to surf. Learning how to surf is being able to control your board and be responsible. So let that start being more obvious to you. Like the difference between the surfers who are in control and the ones who jump off their boards at the end of the ride. Bail when a whitewater is outside of them and they don't know what to do so they just dive through the wave and ditch the board. Those are the things that stand out so grotesquely to us that's like, man, and, and then they're cheering for themselves or their coaches cheering for them when they ride a wave and no one's saying anything about what's going on in between all that. That's what we want our listeners, our students, and our people that are, you know, hearing us to know we're proud of them for, you know, the control. Because all that other stuff will come. If you just keep getting in the water, keep trying to paddle that board good, you will get it. Perseverance is the key here, and you'll figure it out. But if you don't try to control your board, you'll never control your board. Yeah. It'll just always be a mess. And it's a hell of a feeling to, like Coach said, to come out of the lineup and out of the water and just be like, it didn't get away from me at one time. You know, 100% control is what we're after. 
you know, we have a bunch of sessions where we get the board ripped out of our hands, but for the most part, that's still our goal, and it is a great feeling to, to be in control of your equipment the whole time. It tells you you're starting to put all the pieces together. So yeah, yeah, keep really. chipping away, peeps, and thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Yeah.